0: Now it's time to check in with my beautiful wife. Let's give it up for... Jen with the Pith of Pop, the podcast edition. Hey, thanks for joining us, Jen. Hello. So what did you want to tackle this week?
1: How about music?
0: Ah, yes. uh, More iTunes indulgences (laughs) then. Uh, You've got a couple of tracks for us?
1: How about five?
0: Five's not bad. Uh, you've got uh, You've been, but you've been shopping up a storm. So. Yes, yeah, I have. <laughs> we could do this for hours. But yeah, we're gonna do five now. Well, let's just get started. What's your first
1: song? Shambhala by Three Dog Night. On the road to Shambhala.
0: Hey, that's that song sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it was featured very heavily in an episode of Lost. In fact, the episode before last.
0: That's right. Uh, a couple of weeks back now, it was the Hurley flashback. The feel-good
1: episode of the year. Yes,
0: it was. I mean, a, a happy episode and a happy song. So that's why you picked it up?
1: Actually, it's really strange. It's it's a weird coincidence. I had been thinking about this song. There, I was watching Law and & Order, and there's an intermittent hmm. character on Law & Order named Shambhala. And it <laughs> really? got me thinking about the song because this is a song by Three Dog Night that you don't hear very often. They don't play it on the radio, and it's kind of one of their lesser known songs. And that's the thing about Lost. They feature songs that you don't hear every day. Yeah. And so I was thinking, wow, that would be a great song to put on Lost. And the very next week, it was on.
0: Well, that's uh, that's very spooky. Maybe you're having uh, Desmond-like premonitions about <laughs> what's going to happen. But uh, uh, it was a, yeah, definitely a good song. Very, very happy. And uh, do you know what Shambhala means?
1: No. What does it mean? Well,
0: you know, it's funny. I, I I didn't know what it was. It's just, to me, just a catchy song. But of course, once it showed up on uh, Lost, all of the conspiracy theorists got into it and tried to explain uh, what it's about. I guess it's a mythical place, kind of like a remote island where enlightenment can be found.
1: Hmm, very mm. interesting.
0: <laughs> but uh, Shambhala, that's great. Uh, what's your second track?
1: Help by Julian Coriel.
2: I changed my mind. I've can I'm feeling down and I do appreciate
0: Well that's a familiar song too actually. Yes, it is. That's a Beatles song.
1: Yes, one of but, their, you know, one of their signature songs.
0: But definitely a different take on it.
1: I, I love this song I, The thing that always kind of Not bugged me But the, one of the things that struck me about the Beatles version Is that the mood doesn't fit the lyrics The lyrics are about somebody who's sad And having a really hard time in their lives But yet the music is poppy and happy and catchy And I always felt like the lyrics Were better suited to a more, more of a ballad Yeah,
0: I mean an, an, an actual lament Kind of like that Right So how, who is Juliette Coriel? How did you find the song?
1: Well, it was on Coverville um it ah, was on coverville, coverville a couple weeks back mm-hmm. julian Coryell is the son of a guy named larry Coryell who's a like a jazz guy i don't <laughs> know much about jazz i don't know what he plays but um he actually did an album full of covers ah. and this is from that
0: and it was on coverville i love that show me too so i mean in fact uh, wh- now that you mentioned it there were uh, a lot of the covers that he finds um, remind me that the lyrics of the song were actually sad but for whatever reason the one that ends up being the single is the happy one
1: right which is something i never understood mm-hmm. i mean if you're going to sing the song sing it, sing it right and sing it with emotion and and not you know market it but that's a rant for another time right
0: i mean it could be it could be the marketing it could be the overproduction but it could also be irony that they were going Maybe. for but in any case yeah that's a that's a great uh, that's a great cover of a beatles song What's
1: uh, number
0: 3? Summer
2: in the City by The Lovin' Spoonful. and uh-huh. like
1: the
0: All right, I'll bite. Uh, why Summer in the City?
1: This is my father's favorite song. Really? And, yeah, Your dad. My father. The,
0: I mean, I thought he was into like hound doggy country music about pickup trucks or
1: something. He's, he's such a weirdo. Uh, One thing, okay, the the thing, the stories I always tell about him is that um, in high school when he when he dropped me off, um, he used to play Merle Haggard and George Jones and sing <laughs> at the top of his voice yeah. to embarrass me. And this is the only other song that I've ever heard him sing out loud. That's... He, uh... he does such, you know, he he... You think you can, you know, figure out what he's like, but you know, his favorite movie is Full Metal Jacket, and he's seen it about fifty times. But I've personally witnessed him watching three Lifetime TV movies in a row. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's something. I mean, he's 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 a great guy. You know, a combination of uh, Homer Simpson and uh, who knows how many other you know archetypal characters of, of uh, big loving dads. But yeah. uh, you know, I mean, he's he, he was in the service, yeah, right? he's I mean, he...
1: lifetime or er, career military. Right. He can um,
0: swear like. The best of them, curse
1: like a sailor, you under the table. But the favorite, his favorite thing to do on any given day is call me up and talk to Zach.
0: Right, and apparently he likes uh, "Summer in the City." Yeah. As well. Okay. Well, uh, so that was a nice family touch there. <laughs> what was uh, your fourth song?
1: Mama by Country Comfort. I have been on a major Hawaiian music binge the last couple of years i buy anything and absorb all i can that you know anything that was produced here or or sung by local artists i listen to um the radio the hawaiian station out here quite a lot and they're not really all that good about um telling you what you've just heard (laughs) you know recapping artists or songs or anything like that so it actually took me a while to figure out what this song was and who it was by Mm. and i'd had an mp3 of it for a little while and then i they added them to iTunes. Yeah. They added Country Comfort to iTunes, so I snapped it up right away. I mean,
0: they were very, very popular. I mean, they're part of the golden age of country right. music.
1: Right. Um. It was them, Kalapana, Cecilio Capono, all those bands from the late '70s and early '80s. And in
0: fact, actually, in our last show, we uh, Polly, a good friend of ours, uh, right. They did a tribute album and they covered a Country Comfort song as well. Mm-hmm. So what do I you mean? Why this song in particular? Everything they've done is good, but what's uh, so great about Mama?
1: I like the harmony and I like the melody. I I think. Um, um, it, it's a it's a combination of uh, of a Hawaiian sound and kind of a breezy West Coast California kind of mm. thing, and I and I just I just love it. It's one of their best songs in my opinion.
0: And it's really great that more and more of this stuff, as you said, is coming out so you can actually buy it online now. Right. All right. Uh, and I guess uh, your last track uh, is
1: Whiplash by Cake or Death. <laughs> I've previously spoken about my rabid fanatical devotion to Black Lab.
0: Mm -hmm. Black, uh, we played him on the show. Uh, You got me into them. I love their stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're great. They're one of my favorite bands. This is an offshoot of Black Lab. Um, It's um, a Paul Durham project. He got together with a bunch of his friends, and I guess they decided that they were going to produce just big, fluffy, Bubblegum hair pop from the eighties. <laughs>
0: so they were feeling a little nostalgic or something.
1: Yeah. And um, I like this song in particular, but all of the Cake or Death album because it sounds old and it's, you know, got a lot of things that you would hear in eighties, you know, in eighties music, yeah, but definitely. it's fresh. It sounds really different from anything. I've heard lately, and definitely different from Black Lab. I, I
0: mean, but it's Paul Durham is the singer, right? Okay, so that's why it kind of sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. definitely, you know, I can I can definitely hear the '80s kind of rock in there. It's really great.
1: Yeah, it's it's unique and and different, and I, I really love it. So, so
0: this this is a, an an independent. Outing just like uh, Black Lab is, just mm-hmm. they're they're forging out and finding their audience uh, out, out on the internet.
1: Well, I, I think they're only going to do one album because um, Black Lab has actually done another album. Hmm. So this might be like a one-off thing, but this is a really—it's a really great CD. So if you like
0: uh, Black Lab, if you liked uh, what we've played before, and if you like what you just heard, then uh, this is definitely something to pick up. Absolutely. Is that in iTunes as well? Yes, it is. All right. So uh, the five tracks of the day are
1: Shambhala by Three Dog Night, mm-hmm. Help by Julian Coryell, Summer in the City by the 11th Spoonful. Mama by Country Comfort Mm. And Whiplash by Cake or Death
0: All uh, available online We'll have the links in the show notes And uh, you can join Jen in her happy, sad, uh, nostalgic music kick Uh, Oh, uh, but before you run off uh, I wanted to ask you what you thought about that thing we went to on Sunday Oh
1: yeah, the Honolulu Theatre for Youth event With the cast of Lost That was so much fun Mm. We don't get to go out all that often But that was the highlight of my year so far Yeah, I
0: mean, date night is already special But I mean, uh, uh, this was awesome It was a wonderful once-in-a-lifetime experience seeing all of these guys. Uh, There were six of the cast there, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, Terry O'Quinn.
1: Michael Emerson, Matthew Fox. uh,
0: Daniel day Kim, Jorge Garcia. And and Elizabeth Elizabeth Mitchell. Mitchell. Yes. And uh, it was just awesome because, you know, you see them on TV, you admire their acting ability, and here they are just acting for fun, you know, being uh, actors together, being friends together, just uh, reading children's plays together, just, you know, having fun on stage. Uh, The Honolulu Theater for Youth is actually kind of an old, uh, you know, it's a well-established and respected children's theater, one of the the oldest in the world. Uh, And uh, uh, Henry Ian Cusick, who's Desmond, his wife, uh, what was her name? Annie Wood. Yes, Annie Wood. She's on the board of HTY now that they're here permanently, or at least as permanently as anyone can be on Lost. (laughs) So uh, she organized this thing. And again, you know, it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. The performances were just a, a, a treat to watch.
1: Michael Emerson is in the running for The Funniest Person Alive.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, he stole the show. I mean, everyone did a great job. You know, not all of them had stage experience. Um, Terry O'Quinn wasn't expected to be there, and he just showed up and had to read. But with all of that, I mean, they all did a fantastic job. They all did. But Mm -hmm. Michael Emerson just... He just had everyone rolling. I was laughing so hard I was crying.
1: Yeah, so was I. And the great thing about Michael Emerson's performance was he did it in uh, entirely in pigeon. Right. You know, he stepped up to the plate and he did... Um, his entire one entire um, segment in in pigeon, which is not an easy thing to do. I
0: mean, it it's not, and I'll, I'll I'll I mean I'll confess this, and you can probably guess this. I was born and raised here. I went to public school, but I cannot speak Pidgin uh, convincingly. I mean, it's a uh, it's a dialect. It's part of uh, our heritage and our culture. And uh, frankly, when people try to do it, that can't. It either comes off as kind of silly or even insulting. Right. And uh, I I know that Michael Emerson knew that that could have been a pitfall. And you know, at times his. Uh, his his uh, accent meandered a little. He kind of went Mexican for a while and kind of <laughs> like uh, Jersey Hitman for a while. But uh, I think it was just because he was so into it. He, he let loose and uh, he just sucked us all in. He had us all rolling in the aisles. Including
1: Matthew Fox. Matthew yeah. Fox was doubled over for part of it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the scene was the two of them. And it was a new local commissioned play called... Uh, Maui versus Hercules, you know, mixing the two mythologies from uh, Greek and Hawaiian. And Michael Emerson got to play the comic character, you know, Maui, but poor uh, Matthew Fox had to be the straight man. To right. Bring to he was
1: being Jack. He was being, you know, the, the really straight laced, skeptical, mm-hmm. um, stoic guy. And but he was he was really having a hard time keeping it together.
0: But I mean, it, they were definitely having fun. And I think that you should was
1: play that on Hawaii up sometime play. What the recording?
0: Hold on. Okay. uh, Well, uh, as a special, then, surprise treat for you Hawaii Up listeners uh, and Jen's uh, big mouth, (laughs) we're going to uh, play for you a, a, a little excerpt from this. Once in a lifetime experience You can experience it uh, But uh, you know I, I have no idea Where this recording came no from No idea And uh, you, you probably Are just imagining this Yeah but It's it, a flashback That's right This isn't happening But you're gonna love it uh, Matthew Fox And Michael Emerson Doing a scene From the yet unfinished Locally commissioned Original play Maui vs. Hercules By Yokonan Kearns
1: It's a blast <laughs> He spots Hercules Just as Hercules spots him
2: what, what are you doing, doing here? <laughs> this is my island! Our <laughs> island! I found it! I fished them! <laughs> you don't fish islands. You fish fish. If the island is under the sea and you know like wait whoo, million years for the volcano, you fish the island out of the sea. And if you fish them, you own them. So I own this island, brother. <laughs> my island. Maui points to something in the distance behind Hercules. That is the proof. Hercules turns, looks quickly, turns back. I fail to see anything remotely categorizable as proof of your ownership. Proof I went fish this island out of the sea. Try look on top the mountain. (laughs) What mountain? That mountain. Hercules looks again just as quickly. I fail to see anything remotely categorizable as a mountain. The green rocky hunk of lava behind you? That's my mountain. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Not> a mountain. Mount Olympus is a mountain. You're pointing at a knoll. What do you mean by knoll? <laughs> <laughs> a knoll? You're green, rocky hunk. It's a knoll, it's not a mountain. <laughs> no such thing as knolls in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mountains and valleys, that's it. Hercules points at something in the distance behind Maui. What do you call that? Maui turns, looks, turns back. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Aleakala. <laughs> Well, that's a real mountain. Molly points at Hercules' knoll. That's one mountain, and that's one big mountain. <laughs> that not big mountain of yours is a knoll. No way. Knolls are tiny, like pimples. Rise up from the face of the eye now. <laughs> Compromise and call it a hill. Deal? Yeah. Maui sizes up the Not Big Mountain. K-Tan. Okay, <laughs> Deal. They shake on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I still fail to see anything on that hill remotely categorizable as proof of your alleged island fishing. Try look the peak. What you see? Black lava rock, just like everywhere else. Just try look the middle it one circle but not black, one not a collar, you see them? I see it. It's cerulean. (laughs) (laughs) He's blue. Cerulean. Sky blue. That's right, sky blue. Because that's the sky you see, that's why. And you know how come you see the sky through the hole in the peak? Because that's the place my hook went snagged this island when it was still underneath the sea. After I went fish the island up and took my hook out, I had that big hole. <laughs> Only the guy who went fish lo'ihi out of the water would know how that hole went happen. So that's my proof. This my island. Please go now. Thank you for the brief visit. Bye-bye. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was... That was... Uh, uh, that was... Priceless. That was Michael Emerson and Matthew Fox doing a, a segment from a short scene, a preview from Yokonan Kern's original local play, Maui vs. Hercules. If you like that, and uh, if uh, Yokonan Currents finishes writing it, you should definitely check it out at the Honolulu Theater for Youth. Uh, Definitely support this great theater program for children. You can find out more at their website at uh, www.htyweb.org. And uh, remember, you you never heard that.